All right, it is Sunday, November 22nd, 2020. This is the popular vote with Melissa and James. Melissa, it's been two weeks. It's been a full fortnight. How are you? I am so bored. Chicago has a stay-at-home order. I can't hang out with anyone. I don't go anywhere. I have been so incredibly bored. But more importantly, how are you? How are things in Indy? Well, things are... Things are slowing down here. We went like back to a different phase. You know how like, I don't know what the phases entail, but we apparently went back to like a more conservative phase, you know, as far Mm -hmm. as like going to bars and acting a fool in public. But don't worry because I know that I've kind of talked about my neighbor before, the one who has like the trashy yard sale that's constantly going on in his front yard. Oh, don't worry. This is a great story that I'm going to quickly share with you, Melissa, because, and our listeners, um, Last Tuesday or Wednesday at 6.45 a.m. in the morning, I get a ring doorbell notification that someone is on my front porch. And that scares me because that's, to me, that's scary. So I'm like, so I like go live on my, I'm in bed, obviously. And I'm like under the covers, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) hiding. Mm -hmm. And I like hit to go live. And there's like a lady on my front porch. And I'm like, well, this is weird. So I go and make coffee first because I was like, I'm not dealing with this until I know that like I have caffeine at the end of this conversation ready for me. So I go and start my coffee maker. Then I walk to my front door and she's on the phone with what I assume is emergency services. Later confirmed it was, but, and she's like, and I said, hi, can I help you? And she was like in a state of distress. And she said, my ex, my ex, she didn't specify whether it was husband, boyfriend, partner, business associate, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. sales consultant, maybe <laughs> her ex upline from an MLM distributorship. I mean, it could have been ex anything, but her I'm ex Mary love- Kay, her ex yeah, Mary ex- Kay <laughs> consultant, Rodan and Field consultant. <laughs> I mean, it could have been any one of those things. And she said, you know, he just tried to kill me and he tried to murder me and all this stuff. Now, keep in mind, she had a crowbar on her hand. Okay, wait. So you open the door, or you were talking to her via the app? Oh no, no, I opened the door because okay, I, okay. you know, I was like, you know what, we're just gonna we're gonna go full fun at this point. <laughs> so I opened the door, and I was like, okay, well, um, after she, you know, tells me that, I was like, you know, do you need anything? You know, do you need water? Do you need like like have a seat on my porch? She apologized for being on my front porch, and she mentioned that she had a restraining order against him. And it was just like, and I was like, do you need me to like call 911? She's like, no, I'm already on the phone with them. I was like, okay. So all of this is going on and very bizarre, right? I mean, at 6.45 in the morning, she left her purse on my porch, but a Indy Metro police officer came back and got it like an hour and a half later. But it was a lot going on. Then I did not see... My neighbor that I know lives there has a truck that has a big decal on the back window that says, have you prayed yet today? (laughs) (laughs) Because of course, right? And I didn't see that truck for about a week. Mm. So when I saw the truck, I immediately called people and I was like, oh my God, this is like an unsolved mysteries update. He's back, you know? Um, I don't know. She claimed that he tried to like choke her out. But I'm thinking if you're his ex and you have a restraining order, either he kidnapped you or you went there for some other reason, right? Right, right. I'm thinking it's more likely to be the latter. Yeah. Because kidnapping like of adults is like, it's not that common, right? In my head. Yeah, I I don't know for sure. Um, But I I would guess that she went over there. Yeah, that's a very strange scenario. Okay. So I just, you know, anyways, you asked me what's going on in my neck of the woods and what's going on in Indy. And that's pretty much it. That's That's been the most excitement I've had. 
James, why do you think she chose your porch, right? Because in your neighborhood, I mean, there's, you know, the a lot of porches. Are, there's a lot of porches and a lot of houses not that far apart. Why did she choose yours? Well, I'd like to think it's because of I have some incredible lawn uh, lawn chairs. <laughs> I have a glider that is a lot of fun. I mean, the glider really is fun. She didn't sit on the glider, but the glider's fun. I like a glider. Do you like a glider? I love a glider. Yes. Yeah. So like maybe it was the glider that enticed her. She didn't sit on it, but maybe um, it could be the amount like I don't have a lot of trash on my front porch. Um, there are some front porches that have like vending machines on them, like just like random like uh, vacant vending machines. Mm, like the mm -hmm. old school, like cigarette ones that are just like sitting on people's front porches in my neighborhood. So like, it could have been like the lack of vacant equipment. I don't oh, know. Yeah. 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 It, it looked inviting. <laughs> <laughs> so if you see her again, are you going to call emergency services just to avoid <laughs> another front porch situation? Well, you know, there's two sides to every story. So yeah. I'm hoping that next time the other neighbor comes over so I can get the full story. Right. Right. Because, you know, I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not the Olsen twins. I'm not going to be able to solve this crime by dinner time, <laughs> either today, tomorrow, Thanksgiving, Christmas dinner time. I'm just, I'm not going to be able to. So hopefully, you know, hopefully the clues come together and we can figure out what happened. But meanwhile, the neighbor, I've only seen his truck once in the last two weeks and normally it's parked out there daily. So I think hmm. he is like, I don't want to say hiding, but I think he's, I think he knows that he's probably being monitored or he's concerned that he's being monitored or so, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Know. Interesting. Hmm. Fun. A, fu a fun little, a fun little segment to start off the show, right? <laughs> I love your neighborhood stories. So speaking of, you know, my neighborhood story is fun, but let's be real. It's not made for TV. And there is a new drama series on the block. Is it unscripted, but kind of scripted, but unscripted. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's called Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And you're a fan, right? Okay. So I don't watch any franchise uh, uh, seasons of mm -hmm. Real Housewives. I have not watched like Orange County or New York. I'm just not into it. But in my boredom in quarantine, I'm like, maybe this is the time to get into this franchise with a brand new city, brand new cast, starting anew, starting mm -hmm, fresh. Mm -hmm. So I watched the first two episodes and I, I have nothing to compare it against, right? I can't compare it against other cities. But these women are crazy. My favorite person is the woman whose grandmother passed away. And her grandmother's will said that her, her granddaughter should marry her step-grandfather uh. in order to get the inheritance. So this woman literally married her step-grandfather upon her grandmother's passing and has kids with him. Are they and so they're like married everything? I assume Mormons, right? No, they're Pentecostal. She's also oh. like a, a a reverend or a pastor. Oh my god! And Pentecostals, I don't want to offend any of our religious listeners. I don't know how many of you are out there, but I don't want to offend you. But Pentecostals are pretty crazy because um, they like speak in tongues and do weird shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she is crazy. There's another woman on the show that cheated on her husband with her boss who's a lot older and was married and so she got excommunicated from the Mormon <laughs> church. And it's like Bravo did such a great job finding the messiest people in Salt Lake City, right? Like it doesn't matter if they have money or not. It's like they are so messy and I'm here for it. I need to check it out. I tried to so 
I tried to watch it on Peacock because Peacock is like NBC and Bravo is mm-hmm. part of NBC. It's not up on Peacock yet. Oh. And then I tried to watch it on Hulu and it said I didn't have the right subscription. So what I imagine is I'm going to end up watching it because I don't have, you know, TV services. What I think I'm going to end up doing is watching it on YouTube where it plays like either t- one and a half times too fast or too <laughs> slow. And then there's like an overlay that like yeah. I have to like blow up my screen in order to like see who's even on TV, you know, mm-hmm. there's like a frame in the... So I will watch it. Um, it will not be the most desirable method, but I will get to it. Oh, it's so good. You got to watch it. Uh, James, I will give you my Hulu login if it means we get to have like a little a little like segment on Real Housewives in every episode, okay? Um, that is tantalizing. And I, you know, because I'm only, a, I only have the Hulu login that comes free with my Sprint, which if you know anything about Sprint, you know it's not that great, okay? You know it's like the dumpster plan. Um, I, anyway, so no, I, I may have to take you up on that. Um, oh my gosh, no, I need to check it out. So I started watching this week on HBO Max, Lena Dunham of HBO Girls fame has a new show that she's producing, kind of writing, directing, because she's been like over in the UK with an identity crisis for like the last two years, I think. Yeah, I think we canceled her. And then... (laughs) (laughs) I I will say this, and, and you tell me, we'll start off with talking about girls. I... I actually really liked the first couple seasons of girls and I really liked the last season of girls, but like the middle seasons of girls were not that great. I am a huge fan of that series and I agree with you. There were a few like slow middle seasons mm-hmm. that just didn't give me, give me what I wanted. But overall, I think that was a fabulous series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I will say this. I thought that the last season was absolutely genius. I wasn't in love with the finale, but I was okay with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it wasn't my favorite, but I was like, oh, okay. But I absolutely loved the last season. It was like every episode was hilarious. So which character do you most identify with? Oh, you know, that's a good question. Um, in my head, I think I'm kind of, in my head, I'd like to be, you know, um, is it uh Genji Connor's character? I can't think of her names. Um, uh, who's the one who's kind of like a, a wandering, uh, gypsy. Oh, um, uh, uh, Jemima Kirk. Jemima Kirk. Why did I say Genji Connor? I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making up people's names. Yes. In my head, like that's who I yeah. would think I am, but I know I'm not her. I know in my head in actuality, I'm Shoshana. <laughs> I am. I am. I'll own that. Like it is what it is. Um, I'm definitely Shoshana. I'm definitely Shoshana. When she goes to Japan and comes back, that's my favorite. When she's in the airport and she's like, "These people are so rude." Like, <laughs> I'm definitely. Who, you, who, who are you? I'm definitely a Marnie, like through and through, <laughs> and I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. Okay, she's an insufferable bitch, but that's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's great it's great so yes yeah, so we love girls so i started watching industry which lana dunham's like behind the camera doing producing writing directing i think all that stuff and i actually like it it basically is the story of um four or five like young people men and women who are working in some like london wall street um like uh, uh bank financial institution and uh And basically just like they're starting their careers, they're all interns and how you get treated when you first work at like a big organization like Mm -hmm. that. And they're all going through the struggles together. And um, I don't know, it's just kind of like, it's a, it's, it's fun to watch. It's, it's not changing the world. It's, you know, it's like a dramedy. There are moments that are funny. It's kind of dramatic. Um, But I, 
I'm enjoying it. Anyways, okay. I'm enjoying it. So it's it's like a good. I would say it's one of those things. You know, sometimes I start a series or a movie, and I'm like, you know what? We're gonna give this 20 minutes, and if I'm not into it, I'm just gonna turn it off. Right. And right. I gave it 20 minutes, and I'm still watching at this point. So. Okay, I need a new show to watch, and I feel like mm-hmm. that's gonna be the show that I watch tonight. Also, sure. a lot of male nudity. Okay, well, even more reason, <laughs> right? Like every episode, there have been penises in it. Just throwing it out there. Oh, I appreciate that. I mean, yeah. I don't care to see it, but I appreciate right. it. You know, more penises than breasts, which is really something you know coming from girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Just throw that out there. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna go ahead and pivot now, and apparently this week. Um, President-elect Biden, yes, you heard that correctly, (laughs) President-elect Biden um, is going to start um, announcing, like, he's already announced some of his, like, top-level, like, executive, like, officers, kind of, I guess you would call them, like, chief of staff and that crap, but they're going to start rolling out their nominees for, like, Secretary of Treasury, Secretary of the Interior, their actual cabinet-level executive officials this week. And so I just kind of want to talk about some names that are being floated around, floated around, floated around, floated around. (laughs) And I just wanted to kind of talk about it. I have a prediction, though. I think that President-elect Joe Biden is going to take a page out of Justin Trudeau's 2015 playbook, and I think there will be at least 50% females, women in the cabinet. Mm. Don't you think? Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's 2020. Yeah. And there's more than enough. More it's it's not as if this is like 1960 or 1950 where like women aren't allowed to like have those kinds of jobs. Mm-hmm. There's more than enough qualified um qualified women that would be a fantastic fit. Am I right? Yeah. yeah I agree. I agree. Um, one person I want to share some predictions about is Pete Buttigieg, if we can just start off with him, because I was thinking about cabinet predictions, right? And I thought, Pete Buttigieg, he has put in so much work this election, and so he is absolutely getting a cabinet spot. And to be honest, he could take any cabinet spot and be more qualified than the current occupant. Right. You're so not wrong. But, so, <laughs> so I was trying to think through like who, where should he be placed? And I think it would be great if he, there's like a new cabinet position. Secretary, ambassador to Fox News. Secretary of Shade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Pete's only job is to go on Fox News and OAN and wherever else <laughs> and just... <laughs> embarrass them and wrote them a new one. <laughs> I he's been killing it, slaying yes. on Fox News. I whatever position he ends up on, I want him on Fox News every day of the week. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I think he'd actually make a really good press secretary, but I think his ambitions and his talent is better suited elsewhere in a cabinet, you know, but I uh I hope that he continues his Fox News appearances because it's amazing. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I, I I think in my own head, yes, Secretary of SAS, I'm here for. Um, <laughs> however, I think I think, and we've talked about this before. I think he's going to end up being like UN ambassador. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't shock me if they throw him like like this is kind of. I mean, it's not an honorary position, but it is kind of an honorary position, like Secretary of the Navy, maybe, mm-hmm. um, or like something that's like high level foreign international, because I think that's where he needs to like build his resume. Mm-hmm. Because believe it or not, I can't imagine there being that many like international contacts in South Bend. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you count crossing the Michigan state line. <laughs> Into Canada. I don't know if you saw what? Fox News. <laughs> Fox News showed a map that showed half of Michigan is Canada. <laughs> you know what? I'm so over. I'm that that doesn't shock me. And you know what's crazy is well, anyways, I'm, I was going to get on my soapbox. We're going to walk it back. We're going to walk it back because we're going to get there. So okay. other my other favorite, and I want your take on this. My other favorite name that's being floated for cabinet is Rahm Emanuel for Secretary of Transportation. I. Have you heard oh, this? I have not heard this. <laughs> the thing is, Ram is such a divisive figure outside of Chicago. <laughs> and okay, here's a little tea. I should send this to our favorite celebrity tea Instagram account. Um, mm-hmm. Here's a little tea on Ram Emanuel. Okay, and this and to our listeners, this doesn't leave your <laughs> AirPods. Okay. <laughs> um. Rahm Emanuel is a huge asshole. I saw him at here in Chicago uh, last year, year and a half ago. And there was like this struggle because they asked him to take off his suit jacket because it's you're supposed to be dressed casually. And they, they asked everyone to take off their suit jacket. So he was kind of being an asshole about that. And then he was drinking coffee with someone that I didn't recognize. And he was such an asshole to this person. Like... <laughs> So argumentative, kept cutting them off, was so fucking petty. He is not a nice person. Um, I think he has some pretty good political instincts, actually. But I think that he uh, – I think he would be a very divisive pick. And I don't know uh, – I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. And here's the thing is that all of these appointees, let's be real, are probably going to be facing a Republican majority Senate. Yes, yes. So getting confirmation could be difficult for him. I agree. I agree. But I'll tell you what, though. He goes on, like, he's always on ABC this week. And him and Chris Christie are, like, sparring and having fun. And so maybe... Maybe he could get approved. I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth, but I have heard, obviously, he's an asshole. But I do think that his political, I think as a political strategist, tactician, I think that he is much better at being that than an actual politician. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, apparently, speaking of other people from Illinois, I saw on CNN's article that I read, and I don't believe this is for a second, but I'm going to throw it out there because we've talked about we've talked about your girl from, from Illinois, Tammy Duckworth. Mm-hmm. It's being flattered for Secretary of Defense. Now, I don't believe that. No, no. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Tammy Duckworth. But other than being senator from Illinois, I don't know what I would trust her to do. <laughs> I mean, Veterans Affairs, maybe? maybe? Yeah, Veterans Affairs, maybe, but not Secretary of Defense. No, no. I mean, no. don't get me wrong. She's entertaining. <laughs> she's entertaining. And she's not, and she's smart. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't see her being Secretary of Defense. I just don't. I don't either. She's not going to get it. Um, but yeah, that was in the article. Um, oh, apparently Federal Reserve Chair, um, former Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen is apparently one of the front runners for Treasury. Okay. Which I think would be a good pick, actually. Yeah, we like Janet Yellen, right? Yeah, yeah. She's got okay. some big she's got some big dick energy. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> um, um oh, go ahead. Andrew Yang. Yes, I saw this. I what what do you think he'd be suited for? I think it's gonna be so someone uh I think on Reddit I was reading was 
um, speculating that there might be a new cabinet position for like Department of Technology, Department of Information, something like that, and that Ooh. Yang would be a good fit. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that also, but I've also heard commerce possibly. Mm. But mm -hmm. both would be good. Both would be yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, do you know something really fun? Did you know that the National Weather Service is under the Department of Commerce? I did not. I know. Isn't that fun? Huh. Interesting. I. Some people will know how I know that, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Cryptic. So two people who I don't think are going to be included in the cabinet. I think this is going to be a letdown. I'm just going to say it right now. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie yes. Sanders, are, yes. not, they are, not, nope. they are not invited to the party, unfortunately. Nope. Mm -mm. And mm -mm. it's not, and I think it's, it's not because Biden doesn't want them. Maybe it is, but I don't think so. I think it's because, one, getting Republican confirmation. Yep. And two, they both have Republican governors. Yeah. So they would they're not like their replacements would be Republicans, even if yep. they were just temporary until a special could be held. Yeah. They're more valuable in the Senate than in the cabinet, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Which is unfortunate because I think they'd be great, but mm -hmm. along the same lines, Stacey Abrams, right? Stacey Abrams has some BDE for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think she might be DNC chair. Oh, she'd be good at that, I think. Mm-hmm. I think mm -hmm. she'd be really good at that. I, for a second, I was like, who is the DNC chair? And then I was like, oh, it's um, Tom Perez, right? Yeah. That, yeah. That is he a real person? No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, can we talk about the clown car that is the possible attorney general nominees? <laughs> it's a clown. It's a clown car of nostalgia. Who's who's your guess? So I've heard three names. Mm hmm. There, for the, the name that I would love, but I don't think it will be Sally Yates. Oh, I love Sally Yates. I don't think it's going to be her because of confirmation purposes. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, but I do love that. Apparently, Doug Jones is also in contention. Yes, that's I that's my pick. He'd be great. And then apparently, there's a third pick. Have you heard this one? Mm -mm. Um, former Supreme Court nominee Merrick Garland. Oh, plot twist, right? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love the shade with that pick. Yeah. Oh, I kind of love that actually. Yeah. Either, either way, all great choices. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now my new pick is Merrick Garland. Garland. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm manifesting that into the world because of the shadiness. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. What were you going to, sorry, I cut you off to talk about the clown car. I apologize. I got overly excited. Um, what about secretary of state? <sighs> This one, I really, I know who it's not going to be. <laughs> who is it not going to be? Susan Rice. And I like uh, Susan Rice. I, yeah. Because of the Republican Senate. Yeah, so thinking? the Republicans, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because of the Republican Senate. I think had the Democrats won the Senate, you would have a Secretary Rice. Interesting. Or huh. a Secretary Samantha Power. Oh, I like Samantha Powers. Oh, I like I her a lot. Her. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who do you think? Who do you who do you think? Um, I've seen Chris Coons floated around oh, quite that's a bit. Fine. Yeah, yeah. He's um, like vanilla ice cream. It's fine. I've also heard Pete Buttigieg, but uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. that's a bridge too far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I think it's gonna probably be Chris Coons. Yeah, you know, the thing with Susan Rice is like, like, what is Mitch McConnell's strategy gonna be with Biden's cabinet? Right. Like, is he going to be an mm -hmm. asshole about it or is he going to be compromising and um, reasonable? I don't know. Well, and I hate that I'm relying on these people, but I'm just going to say it. I've heard that. 
I, James, you know, I know where, where I'm going. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> I've heard that Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski are like, he's entitled to have a cabinet. So I don't think that they are going to be totally inflexible obstructionists when it comes to reasonable moderate nominees. With that said, they will scalp and kill two to three of the nominees because that's just what that's that's typically what happens. Because think about it, even Trump lost a nominee. He lost um, uh, secretary. His secret initial choice for secretary of I think labor was um, uh, Hardy's Carl's Jr. CEO Andy Puzder, who um, was basically scalped. And, and taken out of uh, contention because his wife had gone on Oprah and accused him of beating her up. <laughs> it's, it's not funny, but... Um... Oh, no, it's not It's not funny, but I'm just saying, like, that, that, that it was a thing. So, I, <laughs> you know, I, I think that I think that he will get a cabinet, a, a, a cabinet nominee through. A cabinet. A cabinet <laughs> I think he will get most of his cabinet nominations through, but I think that they'll slow walk it. It'll, yeah. You know, I, he's the first... I think he's like the first president in like forever to not start off with a he's the first Democratic senator, I think, since pre FDR to not start off with the Democratic Senate. Mm, interesting. Which is kind of crazy. I mean, because it really is hard. I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I do think that most of these people will get through. They'll be slow walked. They'll be grilled. A lot of people will vote against them. But I do think ultimately they'll get through. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I, I feel like people are so um, frustrated with Mitch McConnell that I'm hoping he can um, realize that the American people want things to get done. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, being an asshole about the cabinet picks is not going to be a good look for him or any of the other Republicans, honestly. Yeah, I uh, I am hopeful. I, am um, hopeful. I've, I have one final uh, prediction mm -hmm. slash pick. And this is a little blast from the past. OK, I mean, a couple years ago, but he's someone that I miss in politics. Um, and I, I think that maybe he would actually be a great pick for our press secretary. And that person is Al Franken. Oh, I'm gagged. I'm, you see, I was literally <laughs> gagged. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm gagged. Um, I think. I mean, like, I know we like canceled him a couple years ago, and mm. I, I, I don't want to rehash those accusations or whatever. But I, uh, I think he brings such uh, pettiness and drama sometimes to politics, and that is why I think he'd make a great press secretary. But I don't know if we're ready. I don't know if we're ready to have him back in politics. I personally am, but I don't know. Sign me up. Me too. I'm in. <laughs> Hashtag me too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I, I love Al Franken. Um, I do love Al Franken. And I honestly think that Al Franken would have been a serious contender for the Democratic presidential nomination. And I mm -hmm. think he was gearing up to run for it prior to this breaking mm -hmm. in 20, what, 20, 17 that was five years that was not even five years that was 10 years ago in COVID time so I don't even remember what year it was but I do think that he was gearing up for a presidential right yeah. don't you think yeah yeah I agree and if anyone needs a good book to read uh in quarantine I highly recommend L. Franken's uh lies and the lying liars who tell them it is a laugh out loud book I uh 10 out of 10 it's amazing I read that during the Bush Cheney years because that's when it came out, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely hilarious. He mm -hmm. goes out, if you want to relive some of the greatest fights of the early 2000s, that's the book to read. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. 
So speaking speaking of lies and the lying liars who tell them, I want to talk about some of my favorite Trump election conspiracies because really Thanksgiving's coming up. And we all know you're going to have that uncle either across the table from you or in a Zoom meeting that's going to bring up these things. And I want you to be able to, to yell poppycock, okay? Because it's all a bunch <laughs> of bullshit. Yeah, yell malarkey, you know? And there's really three things I want to talk about. And they're all absolutely insane. The first one is this conspiracy that the CIA created this supercomputer called Hammer and this ballot counting software called Scorecard. And that this software is being used in, by the US government via the CIA to influence foreign elections to get the outcome we want. It's None of this is true. The person who's been perpetuating this um, is someone who has is either been convicted of or charged with, at the very least, um, like defrauding the government before during the first Iraq war. Not the first Iraq war, the um, the Iraq war that we all know and love, the one that started in 2003. <laughs> the one, <laughs> the new generation. <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> um and it's pretty crazy. Basically, it's that like that there was this quote unquote vote switching. And they, in order to prove their point, they say Hammer and Scorecard was used to count the votes by CNN, which doesn't count votes. They just report no. on what's been tallied publicly. So that's not true. They cite the 2019 Kentucky governor's race and this clip of the results coming in that showed at the bottom of the screen, there was like a ticker with the results. And then they had like... um like the main screen also showed the results and there were like 560 votes that showed below for the Republican. And then those 560 votes were actually shown on the main screen for the Democrat. And it was literally just a clerical error. You know what I mean? Like someone mm -hmm. was punching the numbers in and they probably just punched them in for the wrong person on CNN. This was not the official results, but on, again <laughs> on CNN and they're claiming that that's the hammer, the hammer scorecard system. And it's been brought up by a lot of crazy people. Um, uh, yeah. So is this, this is a QAnon conspiracy, right? Or this yes. is just like, okay. This okay. is part of QAnon. Um, QAnon, the group that thinks that JFK Jr. is still alive and is supporting Donald Trump, Donald Trump. And basically QAnon, in case you don't know, there's a satanic cabal of Democrat, democratic and liberal elites that are trafficking children <laughs> and that Trump is trying to stop this. And the deep state is trying to stop Trump. And there's this internal power struggle going on. And eventually the storm, quote unquote, the storm is going to come and Trump's going to lock up Hillary and send her to Guantanamo Bay. And then everyone's going to agree that Trump was the greatest thing ever. And then it's going to usher in a new thousand years of peace. That is QAnon. It's absolutely batshit. I, you know, here is how I think we resolve the QAnon uh, crazy people. I need like Penguin and Random House, like these publishers to give some book deals to the people coming up with these conspiracies because they're very creative. So if we could just channel that creativity into like some sci-fi fiction, we will keep them occupied so we don't have to hear about these theories. Yeah. And bring up, choose, bring back Choose Your Own Adventure books. I love those. Yes. Kid. Flip yes. to page 65. See what happens when Hillary goes to Guantanamo, apparently. <laughs> but so that's the first one. And it's being espoused. What's interesting is that, and we'll we'll get to what's going on in the legal strategies later in this episode, but 
you know, obviously there's a difference between what's being said in a court of law because attorneys are under oath and they can't like lie and what's being perpetrated in the public. And Hammer right. and Scorecard is being spread by the whole Trump family and Sidney Powell, who's one of the attorneys along with Rudy Giuliani, who we'll talk about later. I don't even want to talk about him right now. Sidney Powell, fun fact, Sidney Powell's spreading this Hammer Scorecard rumor. I'd never heard of Sidney Powell before. Sidney Powell is Michael Flynn's attorney. So oh. she represents Michael Flynn, who admitted in open court to lying to the FBI. And now he yes. says he's, he didn't, but he's, he's an admitted, he's an admitted liar. So that's who she represents. So again, yeah, yeah, done. The other, the other thing is the Dominion voting system, which I don't know too much about, but basically the Dominion voting system, they're saying that it's this, so there's someone who has read the, the manual to the Dominion. So Dominion creates these like ballot counting machines. It's and, a Canadian company, right? Yeah. And Trump is Trump. And all these people are saying that they have ties to the Clintons and Democrats. Spoiler alert. They don't. Um, and they're saying that it's such a scandal and that Dominion is switching all these votes. And, and, uh, and they're saying that, what is it? They're saying that because it's, it's, it's all like none of this, here's the thing. None of this makes any sense because it's all bullshit. Yeah. So every mm -hmm. time you read it, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like it, it's hard. It's confusing. It doesn't make any sense. And it's like, yeah, it's not supposed to. Cause it's not, it's, it's literally, it's, it's, it's all make believe. So wait, but, so it's the in-person voting machines made by dominion that are correct. compromised. Correct. And, and what, what these QAnon Trump people are saying is that, that there's someone who's gone on the air who's who keeps who's keeps going on one america news network of course and mm -hmm. what they're saying is is this expert is saying well i read the manual to these machines and the manual says that there's a special mode you can flip on that allows for um vote switching okay there, none of that's okay, true that none of that's not. true <laughs> none of why, that's true why would you put that in the manual like that doesn't make any sense. No, again, none of this is supposed to make any sense. But what I love about this, Melissa, is that um, what he's actually referring to is a method that. So, like for example, what is, is it's it's a it's a it's a it's a format that you can do that basically makes it so it's not that the vote the vote switches the count switches because that why would you want a machine that doesn't count that's supposed to count that right. doesn't make any sense. What it does is so let's say for example for president. You have three candidates that have made the ballot. Or no, let's say four. You have the Democrat, Republican, Green, and Libertarian. Basically, there's a mode you can turn on depending on how your state law is written. Like in our state, for example, the candidate that appears first on the ballot for every race in Marion County, Indiana, is the Democrat. Because Democrats won the Secretary of State's race in the prior election. So the Democrat leads everyone. But in counties where the Republican won the mm. Secretary of State, the Republican appears first. Mm -hmm. It's just the way it is. In Indiana, that's the way the law is written. This is a system that basically allows you flip this program on in the, the Dominion voting system that allows basically it to be randomized. Who So every person, it's, it could be the green person first. It could be the libertarian. So that every ballot, it's random. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But he's going on air saying that this is actually... Well, James, we know that critical thinking <laughs> is not a skill set yeah. that the some of these people have. So again, none of these make any sense, but they're kind of fun to learn about. So I just wanted to share. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and also, I, I'm sorry, Trump was going on about how 
mail-in voting is fraudulent. But like if if that theory was true, that the in-person voting machines are actually fraudulent, then um, why wasn't that a message we heard before the election? Yeah, that's a great question. Why why is it that, you know, here's the thing. You have to wonder, why is it that, they, that, that on the same day, the day after the election, there were Trump supporters chanting, stop the count? And there were Trump supporters saying, count the votes. So, I mean, in different places, where, where it suits Trump, he's for it. And where it doesn't suit him, he's against it. I mean, am I right? Am I right? I think I'm right. <laughs> it's a case. It's a conspiracy. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. I don't want to. <laughs> so let's go ahead and just move away from politics for a second, because this has just been too much over the last two weeks. Let's talk about, um, I had never heard of this person before, really, I think like a month ago. She's apparently the like face of TikTok named Charlie D'Amelio. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She has like a hundred million followers on TikTok and she posted a video this week. Take it away from here, Melissa. Yeah. She posted a video, which there's like some confusing elements of this video and that she was at like James Charles's house, which is a, a YouTuber who has been canceled quite a few times, <laughs> but um, he's still around. <laughs> And there was a personal chef, and Charlie's – I think it was Charlie's sister, Dixie, <laughs> was kind of being a brat about the food that was cooked by this personal chef, okay? Mm -hmm. And I watched this video, and the way I interpreted it was here's a bunch of snarky, immature teenagers acting snarky and immature. No big surprises here. But people are really coming after her and her family and James Charles. So what is your take? <laughs> well, okay. So I watched the video. And the only thing that I thought was, I mean, like, because these are like, Charlie's what, 16, 15? Yeah, she's a teenager. And Dixie's like 13, right? 14? Oh, I think she's. Is I Dixie think, older? I think she, I don't, I don't, I don't follow the TikTok celebs. I don't, I don't really, I know what, I know. Yeah, I don't really follow him either. I'm too, I think I'm too old for this. It's kind of like, I'm just going to say, I feel like this is this generation's version of like Laguna Beach. <laughs> I mean, am I right? I mean, yeah, think about it. Right. in Southern California. Yeah. It's, you know, it's this, you know, soap opera saga that takes place not on TV because no one's watching TV anymore. I mean, like yeah. young kids aren't, you know, they're all on their first smartphones. So you're able to see all the drama through these little videos. And of course, all these kids have ADHD. So each video has got to be, you know, 30 seconds or yeah. less. Yeah. So it really is this generation's version of Laguna Beach, right? <laughs> I agree. I agree. We need, um, um, we just need more Kristen Cavallari's, like true evil <laughs> characters. She was evil on Laguna Beach. She was. Yeah. She, yeah, she was evil. So I watched the video. I thought the kids were being immature and stupid, but I didn't think that like, like, cause basically it was, she was like upset that snail was cooked as part of this paella mm -hmm. dish. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it was just stupid, but I didn't think it was that. I don't think, I mean, if you're a chef cooking for a 13 or 14 year old, you know that they're probably not, especially like this generation that grew up on like hot dogs and chicken nuggets. Like they're not going to be into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I felt like it was immature and stupid, but I didn't think it was that like it was stupid. It was more stupid than it was rude. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm not a chef. I don't really know a lot of chefs, mm -hmm. but I feel like 
Um, regardless of what profession you're in, you're going to get criticism about your work, right? And you really have to know your audience. Yeah. And so, yeah, it probably sucks for the chef to have to like hear that, but I like you're not everyone is into snails, right? So Mm -hmm. if someone's trying one for the first time, they might be disgusted by it. I'm a 31 year old person. And if I took a bite of snail, I would probably have the same exact reaction, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, to me, it's reminiscent of that scene, that iconic scene from the movie Spartacus, where the slave is asked, do you like snails or oysters? Because <laughs> that's not, he's not talking about snails or oysters. He's talking about, anyways, go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to bring that up. But no, I, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. These people are teenagers. Give them some grace, right? They have to learn from their mistakes and their behavior. And it's really hard to do when everything is so public and everyone is so eager to just cancel you. So I'm hoping that they do learn from it and they do mature, but you know, I'm not making excuses for them, but they're teenagers, right? And I didn't all... think it was that bad. I Yeah. Yeah. I, and I wanted to think it was bad because I generally don't like any of these TikTokers. Yes. So I wanted, I was rooting for it to be worse. And then I saw it and I was like, that's all. I was like, um, I've behaved, I've behaved worse in 2004. <laughs> if they could only see me now. <laughs> and I will say, I feel like people's reactions are more aggressive than they maybe normally would be because it is kind of tone deaf to post a video of you being served mm. by a personal chef in the middle of a pandemic when so many people are mm-hmm. really struggling right now. Yeah. Right. That's, that's fair. That's 100% fair criticism. Yeah. Um, but again, these people are 15, 16. They, they don't know. They don't know. They, they don't get it. They think that, you know, they think that uh, the electricity, electricity just grows on trees, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, Speaking of meals, obviously Thanksgiving, I think for both of our families is going to be virtual this year, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to talk about what we are grateful for. That's one of my favorite things to do around this time of year. And as our episode, you know, comes to a close for the Thanksgiving holiday, what what are we grateful for this year? Uh, you know, it's been a tough year, but I do think that there's a lot to be grateful for. And I am just going to fast forward through like the normal, like my family, my friends, my health, right? <laughs> um, one thing I am very grateful for is um, the store Target. Mm. And my Target in particular is very aggressive with their cart sanitizing and yelling at people for not wearing masks. And they just take it very seriously. And it's really the only place that I go outside of like my condo where I actually feel like comfortable and safe. Um, And I buy a bunch of stupid shit. So I am very grateful for Target to be an outlet for me in these trying times. But what's something you're grateful for? I I really like that answer. Um, I, again, I'm going to skip through the family, friends, health bullshit. We all agree that's great, but (laughs) let's talk about the stuff that really matters. Um, I'm going to start off with modern antibiotics because I don't have to (laughs) disclose, you know, my certain health crises this year, but I'm certainly thankful to live in a time, you know, where um, we have penicillin and just just a bevy of other modern antibiotics. (laughs) I, you know, your health information is private and I'm not going to ask any follow-up questions, but I will just say I am 
thankful that you are grateful for the advances in modern antibiotics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So do you have, any, do you have anything else? I know I've got, I've got two or three things. So um, the, the last thing I have is the architectural digest architectural architectural mm. architectural digest youtube channel because mm. i have been watching so many tours of gorgeous homes and it is another great escape i don't even have to leave my couch um and i highly recommend dakota johnson's who we stand we stand oh, dakota johnson absolutely i highly recommend her home tour on architectural digest it is like this mid-century modern gorgeous <sighs> home uh it's uh, it's my dream house. Okay, I will definitely need to check that out. Also, I have seen one of my. Have you seen a uh, comedian uh, Jordan uh, Firstman's house? No, uh-uh. he's the one that does all of the um, impression, imp, imp, impressions, impressions. <laughs> oh my god, brain fart, um, brain stroke. Really, um, he does all the impressions of inanimate objects. I I'm not familiar with him. I'll send, I'll send you, I'll, I'll repost some of his, I'll repost this week on the, on the popular vote Instagram page. I'll re okay. I'll, um, I'll repost some of them on the stories, okay. but, um, his, his house is fantastic too. So no, that's, that's an excellent one to be grateful for. Um, my second and last one is I am thankful for lush bath bombs. And the reason why I'm thankful for these is I literally was able to not once, not twice, but three separate times use a lush bath bomb and feel like I was soaking in orange Kool-Aid <laughs> this year. And it was just, it was a real, it was, I was in my house, but it was similar to you being in target. I felt fully safe and enveloped. <laughs> and I'm sure the aromatherapy just like really yeah. calmed you. Yeah. 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 So that's, you know, that's what we're thankful for this year. You know, it's really, it's not, you know, it's, it's really the daily little things like that, that we can appreciate and enjoy in 2020. Um, is there, are there any other items on your list of things to be grateful for? Cause I think you're missing a very big, <laughs> um, manufacturer of candles and lotion. Oh, oh, oh my God. How did I forget this? Um, Bath and Body Works. Um, hello. I feel like we're not sponsored, but we're very close to being sponsored. <laughs> Where else can you get candles that range from Cactus Blossom to Merry Cookie to Winter Candy Apple? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, that store is just a cultural icon. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And... <laughs> James right now is putting on some hand lotion and it's winter candy, winter, winter candy, candy apple. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. I mean, it literally, <laughs> it smells like Christmas. It smells like Christmas. Now, just to let you guys know, this is the 24 hour, uh, 24 hour moisture ultra Shea body cream from Bath and Body Works. It says 24 hour moisture. Eh, I would say it's more like two and a half, mm-hmm. <laughs> two and a half hour, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know, like it's fine. Like it's literally, I think I had a, I had a coupon for this. Of course. And I, I mean, I honestly think I maybe paid $6 for it. Like it's fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, they've been, they've been pretty iconic and you know, candle day is coming up. Do you know about candle day? I don't know about candle Are all candles. $12. Is that uh, candle day? Try like eight or $9. <gasps> oh my gosh. Online and in store. Yeah. Can you stack coupons on top of that? I think, 
Oh, you know, this is my first candle day as a Bath and Body Works stand. So I don't want to give out false information. Candle day does have a website, um, that you can go to with like lots of information apparently. And it's usually the first sat it's usually, I guess the first Saturday or Sunday in December. So it's coming up soon, but the day's still a mystery and they're going to make it three days because of COVID. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's like candle weekend. Okay. Have you been in a Bath and Body Works since COVID started? I'm not proud of this, but yes, multiple times. Did you touch any, like, like, um, they, they have like sinks and stuff. So like I was washing my hands the whole time I was in there. Okay. I mean, with everyone smelling candles and putting on lotion, (laughs) I feel like it is just a Petri dish of COVID. Um, you're probably right, which is why I'm not proud to admit that I've been in them multiple times. Uh, I mean, they um, do make hand sanitizer, so I yeah. feel like okay. and it, they make good smelling hand sanitizer too, which is kind of yeah. nice. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, spoiler alert: if you are on my Christmas list, you may be getting some. You may be getting some some BBW products. <laughs> Not to be confused with big beautiful women products, but Bath and Body Works products. So. <laughs> So, yes. So let's go ahead and move to our losers and legends of the week. And I'm going to start off, I'm going to start off with my legend of the week because you know what? We're on a positive note right now and I just want to keep going. So my legend of the week is rest in peace, Alex Trebek. Oh, yeah. And the reason, I mean, there's lots of reasons why. I mean, he really is our Canadian savior um, in our lifetime. But the real reason why I wanted to include him is that apparently like decades ago, like well before his cancer diagnosis, he um, he put like in his will, trust or whatever, that he wanted to donate 62 acres of land to the city of Los Angeles. Um, as, and this land is part of the Santa Monica Mountains. Um, and it, it's right next to a public park. So it's basically just going to be annexed onto a public park. And it's going to be called the Trebek Open Space. And it's 62 acres of hiking trails and bike trails and all sorts of just beautiful. I mean, California is gorgeous and it's just, it's just, it's really, he was a conservator and I just love that he um, made this decision decades ago and that people will continue to honor his legacy. I mean, just everyone, like I've never heard anyone say anything negative about Alex Trebek. Like I've never, I've never, um, I've never heard anyone say anything negative about him. And he just, he seems like a gem of a person as most Canadians are. And I think this mm-hmm. is awesome that he donated this land to the city of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Trebek. We need more Alex Trebek's people that aren't shady, just genuine mm-hmm. care about people care about their impact in the world. Uh, all right. We want, we want absolutely. We want more Alex Trebek's and less Justin Bieber's. When, when you're talking about Canadian imports to America, we want more Alex Trebek. We want less Justin Bieber. Am I right? I and maybe so. less Drakes as well. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll co-sign that. Sure. <laughs> um. So my legend of the week. Okay. So I was kind of going back and forth on who should my legend be. <laughs> and I'm going to go with Chris Krebs. Oh. Who Trump fired this past week via Twitter. <laughs> Um, and he's my legend because he, he is someone that genuinely cared about the safety of the election, right? Um, would not be muzzled by the Trump administration. His last tweet after he was fired was honor to serve. We did it right. Defend today, secure tomorrow, hashtag protect 2020, just like a class act. And I hope that he, uh, he has a spot, 
um, somewhere uh, when Biden is president because he's obviously a very intelligent, very good person who didn't deserve to be fired because he was speaking the truth about um, how the election was not fraudulent. So he's my legend of the week. Also, I it is not appropriate to objectify people regardless of their gender, and we should really highlight and talk about people's experience, their qualifications, mm-hmm. et cetera. But I will say I have a thing for genders and Chris Krebs is <laughs> kind of a ginger and he's like young ish. He's like 40, I think. Um, and I did do some research and if, in case anyone was curious, he is married. Um, so don't try and slide into those DMs. Um, just a heads up. Well said. Well said. That's an excellent legend. Um, I'm going to bring us down. I'm going to talk about, I have not one, but two losers this week. Okay. And it's that fucking MyPillow CEO and actor, former child actor, Ricky Schroeder, who was on Silver Spoons in the 80s, which is a show that I'm way too young for. And he apparently was on some later seasons of NYPD Blue, which again, I think I'm way too young for. Wow. Yeah. Throwback, right? And both of them combined and pooled money to bail out the Kenosha shooter, Kyle Rittenhouse. So both of these people are absolute giant losers because they helped pull money together to make $2 million bail for this. That is for, this, for, this, for this person who, at this time, I'm going to refer to him as an alleged murderer, but I yeah. don't believe that whether or not he killed these people in, is, is in doubt. It's whether or not he was legally, quote unquote, legally yeah. justified to do it. Yeah. Even though he literally drove across state lines with guns, allegedly, mm-hmm. to literally cause drama and yep. sow chaos. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that both, I will never, I've never bought a MyPillow, but I will never be buying a MyPillow. Mm-mm. No. So, losers. That's, I'm just going to leave with that. They are absolutely losers. Um, my loser of the week. And this is the one that I'm like, uh, is he a legend or is he a loser? Because he's both. Okay. And that's Rudy Giuliani. He's a legend because it has been the most entertaining part of my week to hear about his time in court, to see his hair dye dripping down his face. Like he's a legend because of how ridiculous he is. But also a loser because he is just a bumbling idiot. And mm. I just like can't get over he's like a caricature, right? Like this is like this isn't real life. So for those who don't follow Rudy Giuliani very closely, um most recently he was giving a press conference and he was sweating profusely. Mm-hmm. And he was using some kind of, I'm assuming it was some kind of hair spray that was colored Mm -hmm. to make his hair look thicker but because he was sweating so much the hair dye was dripping down the side of his face it was like this like dark brown just like like running down his face it was not cute he looked awful he looked a mess a literal hot mess Uh uh-huh and then earlier in the week he went to court which like I wonder the last time Rudy Giuliani was like legitimately in court. Um, And I sent James a TikTok. I'm not in law school. I did not go to law school. So Mm. maybe you can like weigh in on some of the things that happened. But it sounded like he had really didn't know what he was doing. And the judge was like, this is what is this? Um, So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a former I think he's a former criminal prosecutor. And this is this is a case of election law, which. 
like is completely like another yeah. science, you know? I mean, he doesn't, I think that he is probably there for PR purposes, but the fact that he went up, I mean, like, like I watched that TikTok that you sent me about Rudy Giuliani's time <laughs> in court and it was, it was atrocious. At one point they said, the judge goes, what's the standard of review that we should use? And he goes, I don't know, the normal one. <laughs> like, that is not an answer like you should be giving. And he was with a a, a judge that is basically a self-identified Republican. I mean, and the, the I just want to quote, because they already ruled against him in the Pennsylvania lawsuit. <laughs> this is the one where Rudy Giuliani showed up and goes, it's a case, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> and like quoted my cousin Vinny, acted a fool and like, all this crap. And someone wrote, and, and the judge wrote, referring to the Trump campaign's primary legal argument, Bran, who's the federal judge, wrote, writes that, quote, this claim, like Frankenstein's monster, has been haphazardly stitched together from two distinct theories in an attempt to avoid controlling precedent. <laughs> and then Vox goes on to say, and that's just one of the many scathing lines from a judge who is clearly frustrated with the incompetent lawyering on display in his courtroom. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a case. It's a conspiracy <laughs> in every meeting I'm in. I mean, it's just it's just bizarre. And again, I think that I, I don't think he's ever I mean, who knows? I, and I could be wrong here, but it sounds like he's never really dabbled in actual election law, like yeah. practiced it. And here's the thing, if you've not practiced something, you don't you don't know what you're doing. I mean, I mean, yeah. so I think he's there as kind of this. I mean, the bottom line is that is that like there's a there's a very clear line between what they're claiming outside in the press releases and in public statements and what they're doing in court and what they're doing in court is not working and it's stupid. Yeah, I I'm not a big fan of Bill Maher, but mm. I was watching his show this past week and he had someone from Trump's campaign come on and he called the person out for for that exact scenario, right? Where it's like you're saying this stuff, but that's not what is happening in court. Mm -hmm. And the mental gymnastics she went through to rationalize or explain was just, it was entertaining to see, honestly. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I love that you picked Rudy Giuliani as, as a loser, even though he is kind of legendary at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a legendary failure, but a legend nonetheless. I mm -hmm. mean- Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been a fantastic episode. Um, it's been so great catching up with you, Melissa, and all of our listeners. And we hope you have a wonderful week. Goodbye. Bye.